we not, actually recording? We're not starting with animal noises. But are, are we, we actually starting now? We are actually okay. starting now. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you just said we're not starting with animal no, noises. No, I said you're not starting with animal noises. Oh, fine. Sucker. Hi, everybody. Meh. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Sorry. Hello! Sorry we screwed up. It's my fault. I was sick last Saturday. Like, death. Sick. Way to go. And life has been... I'm done student teaching. Yay! And now my life is insane. I thought I would have a calm two weeks or so. You know what's happened? We've no. reached the last 10, 11 movies of this and, list. And now our lives, and our schedules we, don't work. We can't get this. No. We're not going to be able to get them out, are we? Well, actually, with I, I have a job teaching now that starts on Wednesday. I have a job? I know, but I, no, I have a job teaching now that starts on Wednesday. <laughs> Where I'll be available at night. That's so true. we can actually record these during the week if so we need to, like we used to. Perhaps. We used to schedule, we used to record these, whatever, like Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah. And then we pushed them to the yeah. Sunday after they go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, maybe so, yeah. perhaps what we'll do is we'll, because we're not really doing anything that's even timely anymore, maybe we'll just try to blow through a couple of them and just get it done a little sooner if we feel the need to well i mean the next one on the list is i'm eh about because mm-hmm. i'm just never been a fan we'll get into that eventually but the one after that i'm super thrilled about is that vertigo it's vertigo yeah wizard of oz is the next episode then vertigo so wizard of oz number 10 spoiler alert i'm not a wizard of oz fan never really have been you say that now but i know i'm going into it with a <laughs> with an open clear blank mind like i've never seen it before anyway we are not Talking about the Wizard of Oz today. Today we are talking about number eleven. What is number eleven? On our list number eleven is our last Chaplin film, which oh. is City Lights from nineteen thirty-one. I'm sad. This movie passed. Um, it's an hour and twenty-seven comedy drama romance film. By passed, you mean that's the rating, yes, correct? Yes. <laughs> no, nope, it died. It just—it's no longer alive. It's no longer with us. Eight point six out of ten. Uh, no meta score. Hmm. With the aid of a wealthy, erratic tippler, a dewy-eyed tramp who has fallen in love with a sightless flower girl accumulates money to be able to help her medically. Directed by Charlie Chaplin, written by Charlie Chaplin and others, and starring Charlie Chaplin, Virginia Sherrill, Florence Lee, Harry Myers, L. Ernest Garcia, and Hank Mann. Those are the only people that are credited. And really, because that's it's only like the four or five main characters anyways. Yeah. And then the rest of them are just kind of, it doesn't really matter. You don't, you don't really care that much about the rest of them. So yep. true. Very um, true. so I've been listening to old episodes of the podcast. <laughs> so how's that going I would really you? like to bring back something for these last 10 movies or so. Right. I would like to bring back my free association summary oh, that yes. I used to do in the beginning, yes, yes. which then became my weird goofy summary. Yes. But free association summary was just things I noticed. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if she was really blind, she would have heard a lot of things. Not necessarily just... Anyway. Um, <laughs> she's not blind. She's just staring into space. Um, By the way, if you guys can hear the typing in the background... Yes, that's Jeff typing. I am typing them into the website, so I don't have to go back and listen to this later. <laughs> I'm like, She's lazy. not blind. She's just staring into space. Yep. That dude cannot drive. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin... Is it a Hollywood insurance nightmare? (laughs) I like that one. That's Mm -hmm. about it. That's my summary. 
It's true, because like you look at the, some of the stuff, and we I know we've discussed this on other Chaplin films, but you look at some of the stuff that he does, and it's in a day and age where they didn't have, like, the studios... Sa- there's no safety, there's anything. No safety. They probably lit people on fire for real. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you look at the stuff that Buster Keaton did. Mm-hmm. He did his own stunts, because that you... Fra- that house frame, yeah. fall, front of that house falling, house facade falling that- against the... Freaking scares me. That could have killed him if mm-hmm. the wind blew a little hard or something yeah. like that. Like it's so easy to have to have just been murdered, murder, murdered in the days of old. It would have been so easy just been murdered back then because you want to do a joke and guess what? The house falls on you. Yeah. Wrong. And yeah. now you're dead. Now oh, you're dead. That was a great. Okay. Not gonna make that movie. But it's like and some of the stuff, even like the little thing, like when the when he's when in this movie when Chaplin's standing on the street corner and he's looking at the window of the statue of the naked woman statue, yeah. mind you, because uh, it's Chaplin. Um, but it's like the 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 floor grate to go down underneath the the uh, the, the buildings road, yeah. into the roads was was empty and and that guy that comes out of it is was easily like a six and a half foot tall yeah. man. So there is easily at least a hole that was six and a half foot tall yeah. or a foot six deep. to seven feet deep enough to have fallen and. Broken, broken your something, back, your yeah. bones, leg, anything. Yeah. He would have been seriously just, injured if he had miscalculated. Just crazy. Miscalculated. No, yeah, there's a scene where that guy is trying to drive and he cannot drive. And he cannot drive at all. Um. Okay. Uh. Yes. Uh, uh, I guess we'll generally talk about the movie after. Yeah, I have a little bit. Oh my god, a little bit. You know what? I was. Back to the listening to old episodes. Yes. I can I will tell you guys eventually when I start yawning because I'm on episode ninety or movie ninety three. Mm-hmm. I think right now I don't yawn. I yawned like <laughs> once so far. So say because once you started yawning at first, it was a big deal. That's why I started counting. Was because it's like and now it's what like, the I, hell? What happened with that yawn right there? Is I opened trivia and immediately yawned. It's the it's, it's the so, weirdest it's, thing. It's the it's worse. So it's it's an association with the fact it's that you Pavlovi- have to read. Pavlovian response to trivia. Should I get a little bell? Oh my god, you should. <laughs> you gonna go to Buffalo Wild Wings and just start yawning? Why do they ring bells at no, Buffalo the Wild trivia, Wings? The oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait, do they ring bells? I haven't been to B Dubs in a while. When apparently. do we introduce the bells? Uh, <laughs> I'm a bell. So you anyway. are. <laughs> ah, ring. There's birds on it. Sorry, it's weird. So anyways, okay. let's do. <laughs> That section got so weird. Oh, uh, actually, you know what? The truth oh, is, out of hand quickly. Uh, that's usually what happens. Um, Let me guess. There's one award, and it's because it's in the National Film Registry. 1991. <laughs> Back to you, Lindsay. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it did win uh, um, the national the National Board of Review in 1931. It did win an NBR award for, and it was in the top ten films. Okay, but I mean, otherwise, it's the National Film Registry. Registry words. My mouth is like. Screw you, not going to work. It's um, also been a theme throughout our podcast. Also very true. Words are hard for me. Yeah. Um, also, I'm realizing that our next episode for The Wizard of Oz, we really should not swear in it. <laughs> no, I will try not to. <laughs> We've actually also kind of cut back a little we bit. We have, Doesn't unless we get much. really passionate about something. Yes. Yes. Um, it also helps that I had to spend 18 weeks around kids I couldn't swear in front of. So now it's just easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It doesn't come out of my mouth as badly. But anyway... It doesn't. I don't have di- swearing diarrhea. Swearing anything. diarrhea. Diarrhea of the mouth. Right. Um, so uh, so yeah, that that's kind of that's the only award for it. And I mean, yeah, it's from that era where it really was never nominated. And again, this this is stuff I think we've discussed before. I know we talked about like him getting his honorary award yeah. for his lifetime achievement and stuff like that because he deserved an Oscar yes. because he was so snubbed. 
He really and, was. the Oscars. Because as I probably mentioned in previous episodes, but I'm going to mention it again here, that I have done a complete like 180 on Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't dislike Chaplin, but I could have taken or leaving it. Yeah. Taken. Taken or, or left it. Left yeah. it. I did, yeah. It was one way or the other. Like I didn't. I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care, but I wasn't overly interested. Right. And like I understood the importance. Now I really like these movies. Mm-hmm. And that helped by me watching Chaplin, the the movie from 92 yep. with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. I love that movie. Knowing more about his life made me more interested in his films. Well, you know what one outstanding production in 1931? Is that Best Picture? For, yeah, it would have been the Best Picture. Would have been Best Picture. Uh, Cimarron. Cimarron, which is not about a horse. <laughs> not about a horse. Uh, the pre-code Western film. Yes. yes. So, like, that was the type of movies that were winning. But thing is, what does that movie have that Chaplin still kind of refused to do? It had sound. So, you're looking at this whole world of him. I think that's half the reason is that he is very reluctant to leave movies. Like, he or he did not silent want to films. go into, into movies with sounds. He wanted to keep the silent movies as long as he possibly could. Right, and we talked about that. That oh, yeah. the fact that this movie is number 11... Mm-hmm. On a list, its movie is almost a hundred years old. Yeah, now pushing it anyway. Yep, um, it's at least seventy some years old. Yeah, because it was January twenty. 20- oh, sorry, that's Cimarron. Uh, this was March of, of nineteen thirty-one. Uh, yep, March seventh of nineteen thirty-one. I mean, it's eighty. 80-some years. Yeah, eighty-some years 84 old. Eighty-four years. It will be eighty-four, 84 years, years old, old in less than a month. And it's still funny. Mm-hmm. It's still watchable, and it has no sound. And I mean, it has music and some sound, but there's no speaking. So, you know, that's like a good... Okay, and I, we're getting into discussion. And that's fine. I don't care about don't our care. outline anymore. Um, the... the why, why is this one higher than Modern Times? Modern Times was released after this movie. Modern Times was the one that dealt with, like, the whole mm-hmm. factory world and all that, but also did have some sound. A couple and of those why characters is it higher did than talk. the Gold Rush? Why is this one higher than the Gold Rush, which was before City Lights and would have been, like, his first real big movie that he did? Why is this one number 11, I think it's because 11, you made too? the point that mm-hmm. how do you make a blind girl fall in love with the tramp? Yeah. By the sound of a car door shutting, and it sounded like a rich car door. Right. And that's the whole, like, it's built off that whole thing. That creative moment of yeah. just that's he. It's all this, this act of uh, just not mis uh, not misconception misdirection uh, misdirection. Um, just misinformed. She did not, she, you know, and he goes with it too. Yeah, because he continues to just pretend the whole time that they're having their relationship mm-hmm. that he is that rich guy He's that's just gentleman. in love with her. Yeah, you know, and it's. It's it's interesting to note that you can have. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they cover in this movie, and he befriends a a, a millionaire guy, yeah. and who's only, who, who only, helps him out, who only helps him and is his friend when he's drunk, and then yeah. the moment he sobers up, then he tells his butler to kick Chaplin out and yeah. uh, and all that stuff. But like, and then he goes into boxing to try to earn the money. Like, yeah. it's a full length film from yeah. 1931. A silent. I know, think this is more also like of a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. It's probably an early prototype of the whole. And we've talked about that before with, like, it happened one night in Philadelphia story and right. stuff like that, but this came before that. Right. And it very much and so And I think is. that Modern Times is definitely not that, and I don't think the Gold Rush is either. 
The Gold Rush was just impressive because of the amount of work that went into a silent film in the heyday of silent yeah. movies. I think Modern Times works because it was that mix of yeah. we could still do silent, we could still do, but it was also very much so a retrospect of the I times. I think the story is more compelling than the other two. This one? Yeah. Yeah. It's more, again, this is what this is. The it's s- more like complete, s- like more, more flushed out. Like they're actually story, is, like, it's not just these little moments yeah it's like, not like little vignette like comedy vignettes there's a story that goes with it right more so that modern times i feel especially is very much just like comedy vignettes mm-hmm. with with a social commentary on top of it and this one I think is, this is less social commentary but the story is more flushed it's out. all just about him trying to help a blind girl yeah. that he's smitten by also the amount of perfectionism that oh, went yeah. into this film i think is what sets it up higher oh yeah you know and we said who did i oh is you know as we've we've obviously he wrote almost all the music for this movie yeah seeing we've, we've not wa- everything but a wa- lot of it we've watched kubrick films and obviously we have made our comments regarding kubrick films and what we feel about them how we feel about them we're just yeah. not huge fans of most kubrick films whatever but the kubrick was very much so a perfectionist I like that you're when saying it, kubrick now kubrick can't help it uh but it's like uh like you you he was very much so a, a perfectionist when it came to his movies and they had to be right. Everything was supposed to look good. Chaplin was very much so the early Hollywood version of Kubrick. And it's like he 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 had a vision. He knew exactly what he wanted these movies to be. And he worked his ass off if that meant spending weeks and weeks and weeks in the studio editing trying to figure out how to get something to work right without having dialogue or right. what you know the music had to be exactly this in mm-hmm. order for it to fit the movie. and if you've and seen chaplin like he deals with this he deals with this scene in that movie yeah that specific scene about how do you make a blind girl fall in love with the tramp and that his brother kept at telling him or what yeah i think his brother kept telling him well just you have to make the tramp talk and chaplin's response was the moment that you make the chap the tramp talk he dies yeah because that is not because the tramp is every man but the moment you have him talk now he has a voice he's got a distinct personality and yeah. he no longer becomes just every person and you said this is the second to last tramp film modern times modern, is the last one modern times is the last technical film where he okay. plays the tramp in- yeah let's not talk about the riddle or that movie that came out i know which is weird uh but like the great dictator you could argue the character he plays is very much so like the tramp has but it's not the tramp it's not the tramp because he has a job he's a he's a barber yeah. In The Great Dictator. And he talks. And he he's, he's it's because it's all audio. There's yeah. no silence in that. Well, I mean, there's silent portions. But um, it's all dialogue. An actual 1940s yeah, black and white movie exactly. is what that one is. But Sorry, he doesn't he doesn't play the tramp in that movie, though. You, right. Like I said, you, he's, I think he's just he plays a Jewish barber is what his name is. So. Okay. Anywho. But um, but so you think you think that. So I guess kind of going back to what we were saying, like the reason why this is number eleven. Yeah, he has a name in the Great Dictator. Well, Hinkle. Got, he, he His put, name he, is Hinkle. Hinkle is the is the uh, is Hitler. Oh, okay. Uh, is the uh, is is his version? Yeah, and of then Hitler. he does say a Jewish, a Jewish barber. Yep, yeah, that would be a Jewish barber then. Yeah, Hinkle is his because he plays oh, okay, two characters gotcha. in that movie. Because the Great Dictator is is totally the whole like is the Third Reich. Well, yeah, because right? it's dealing with Hitler and it's yeah. dealing with that whole thing. The uh, and it deal, the whole basic plot premise is, is that a Jewish barber, who is basically just, a, you know, an everyman, gets mistaken for Hinkle, the hit, the, okay. for Hitler. And they swap places at one point. You know, like, so it's this whole kind of like, mis, like, 
like oh it's 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 done so many times more nowadays yeah. than than back then but it was kind of one of those like big budget because everybody always said that you know Chaplin kind of looked like Hitler and apparently Chaplin had said if he had known the true extent of the Nazi atrocities he could not have made fun of their homicidal insanity mm-hmm. but he also made it in 1940 yeah we didn't enter the war till 1942 two I think yeah we do this every time we talk about World War II mm-hmm. and we don't know. Because the war had already been started in 39. Yeah. But we hadn't gotten into it until later. So this movie had been made at like the start of the war and it hadn't gotten to the point where it did. Now, now Hitler did in fact have a copy of The Great Dictator. He owned a copy of That's the movie. That's so weird. And Chaplin... Pearl Harbor was 1941. So yes, 41-42. Yep. Because it would have been January of 42 by then. So, but this was, he made that movie way before we actually, I mean, we knew, but probably not to the like extent we Like, there was stuff going on, and obviously, like, we knew, like, the whole, like, he did not care for the Jews and stuff like that, but he's not <laughs> he as... He didn't care for the he, Jews, I like Hitler how you put it. Like, was not a fan of the, of the Jewish, Jewish families. Or the Jewish people. Uh, <laughs> Jewish nationality. <laughs> trying to just... Jewish race. Trying to make it sound way. a lot nicer and yeah. calmer than it actually was, the tragedy... Tragedy... That it actually had been. Anywho, um, so <laughs> tangent. Yeah, sorry. But, uh, no, My so bad. so the reason why this movie is number eleven, why That's we why. think it's so high, because it still uses the tramp. It's still a silent film, but it tells more of a story. It tells a full, complete story, kind of a start of more of these mistaken identity romantic comedies, yeah. like rom coms. Like we've, you know, again, like you said, uh, it happened one night. Or uh, no 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 uh, well yeah, yeah, yeah it happened one night technically you could argue well that's a rom that's a rom com uh, and Philadelphia Story is is kind of a rom com as well but those were also yeah they're later. later yeah and they were also they're also because there's so many different like subgenres of rom coms and this is the mistaken identity rom com is what this one is yeah. you have but you have all the ones that are just well these two characters are together but they obviously shouldn't be together and they find other people who are together and everybody splits right. up and then gets with the other like that's the other kind of rom-com like there's so much variations of rom-coms but so just as an overall represent cuz this is the only this is like the last this is the last silent film on the list too right because everything else yes. is color or, or talky <laughs> talkies talkies this I like that only, you said talkies i yeah i been watching way too many black and white movies. Um, so yeah, so like this is the last silent film. Me too, film. but they have sound. That's true. You are watching a lot of black and white movies. <laughs> Rear windows in color. It is in color. I haven't watched. I watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington on Sunday. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. But I was. It's Rear Window and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington are the two movies I have downloaded to my iPad to watch when I'm sleeping in weird places. Um, that whole phrase just sounded weird. <laughs> I have not slept in my own bed for the majority of the last week. That's true. Um, All right, I mean, Schindler's List is in black and white, Singing in the Rain's in color, Casablanca Citizen and Raging Kane. Bull and Citizen Kane are all in black, black and, and white. white. So we have more black and white movies, but that, that three all, of the top five are in black and white, but they're all audio. They're all sound. They're all talking. Raging Bull could have been in color. I'm very intrigued. I think Casablanca and Citizen Kane both could have been in color if they wanted to be. I'm very intrigued. I have not seen Raging Bull. Because The Wizard of Oz is in color, so yes, they could have been in color. That's true. I'm very intrigued by Raging Bull. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it in 10 years. I've never seen it. And I recently was listening to a podcast where they brought it up again Mm -hmm. and were talking about how great this movie is. And I'm sitting there going, I'm excited to watch it as an adult. uh, I want to know. And not a teenager. (laughs) I want to know. Same with Vertigo. I haven't seen Vertigo since I was in high school. Yeah. Casablanca either. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that since When did I see Casablanca? 
Maybe it was high school. I don't remember. High school or college. So weird. Okay, well, let's do... Um, Want me to do some trivia? Let's do some trivia. Okay. And then we will, um, uh, we'll, we'll go Connection to Citizen Kane. Orson Welles said this was his favorite movie of all time. Oh, nice. At the beginning of the film, a town official and a woman dedicating the statue can be heard uttering nondescript words by way of a paper reed mouth instrument. Probably oh, also a kazoo. Yeah, it sounded now, like a kazoo. The sounds were made by Charlie Chaplin, and this was the first time his voice was heard on film. Oh, clever. Clever. Charlie Chaplin reshot the scene in which the little tramp buys a flower from the blind flower girl 342 times as he could not find a satisfactory way of showing that the showing that the blind flower girl thought the mute tramp was wealthy. Hmm. Winston Churchill visited the set and Charlie Chaplin took a break to make a short film with him. <laughs> this is Charlie Chaplin's favorite of all his films. I wonder. It must all just come down to like the story and the and the concept of it. Here's another reason why this is probably so high on the list. Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin's first film made during the sound era. He faced extreme pressure to make the film as a talkie, but such was his popularity and power in Hollywood that he was able to complete and release the film as a silent, silent, albeit with recorded music, at a time when the rest of the American motion picture industry had converted to sound. So. It was just the sheer ability that he was able to... The sheer power he held to be able to do this yep. in a time when no, no one else one was... When no one was doing it yep. slash was allowed to do it. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Get it. That's why <laughs> Remember how I jokingly asked which wife this was? Yeah. At one point, Virginia Sherrill came back to the set late from an appointment, keeping Charlie Chaplin waiting. Chaplin, whose relationship with Cheryl was not friendly, fired her on the spot. He intended to reshoot the film with Georgia Hale, his heroine from the Gold Rush playing the Flower Girl. He even reshot the final scene between the Tramp and the Flower Girl with Hale in the role. However, Chaplin had already spent far too much time and money on the project to start over. Knowing this, Cheryl offered to come back to work at double her original salary, and Chaplin reluctantly agreed. The film was then completed. So say because usually, and again, as we discussed on past on past episodes with Chaplin movies on it, he has a bad habit of um, dating and fooling around with the co-stars of his movies, and eventually, yep. usually marrying most of them. So yep. the fact that this one uh, he didn't <laughs> really have anything to do with. Um, this is the number one on AFI's top uh, best romantic comedies of all time. So it is. It's, We've read the list in yep. the past as yep. well. Um, this is also his most financially successful and critically acclaimed films, despite being released well into the sound era. There's another reason it's number 11. Mm -hmm. It's also his longest undertaking. It was in production for three years, from December 31st, 1927 to January 22nd, 1931, although he only shot for 180 days. Which, by the way, 180 days of shooting a black and white silent film that only is 87 minutes mm -hmm. long is ridiculous. Ridiculous that it took that long to shoot. He thought sound was just a passing fad and decided to stick to his trademark pantomimic pantomimic style. I guess that's how you say that. Um, however, halfway through the production, he realized that the talkies weren't going away, so he shut down the film and tried to figure out how to incorporate sound. He was also further hindered by the Wall Street crash. Oh, that would be the right time, wouldn't it? Yep. Um, let's see. Random funny thing. Yeah, do that while I'm uh, looking through this. Virginia Cheryl, the lady who plays the flower yeah. girl, married to Cary Grant for a while. Oh! Uh, no, let's Cary just... Cary Grant was bisexual, just FYI. Let's just stay for a while, I mean, from February 9th of 34 to March 26th of 35. 
they were married for a little over a year. <laughs> According to Virginia Cheryl, sorry, I've been saying it wrong. It is Cheryl, 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 whatever. Charlie Chaplin was never interested interested in her sexually. I was twenty. Charlie liked them younger. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. That was some shade. Yeah, most Shots of his fired. most of his wives were like at least like I think like eighteen and younger when he married them, including his last one <laughs> when he was like in his. 50s yeah but he was married to her for a long time he, that was yeah because he married her uh he married her because he and died stayed at, with like, her 88 yeah he was because he died on christmas day christmas day was he like yes uh, christmas day let's say he's like he's like dino who died on christmas day as well yep. now we're just trying to remember dates that was the end of my trivia too ah, by okay. the way because like we said we're cutting back on the trivia talking yep. more about the which and it's stuff. It's stuff like why is this one number eleven? And you know that, yeah. that's the thing is like as a, as a Chaplin fan, it doesn't it doesn't phase me. I don't I don't think about right, the fact like right. oh this is number eleven on the list. But now separating myself from being a Chaplin fan and actually as a person doing this podcast mm-hmm. to think about why the hell is this number eleven on a list of the top American films of all time? Yeah. Like out of a hundred movies, why is this black and white silent film number eleven? So. Between, like, you know, including all the stuff that we've already discussed, like, little things like it being his most successful and all that stuff, um, do you also believe that this is the best representation of a silent film? In general. Because, in theory, that's what this list is showing. Is of that with it ones? being number 11 of the hundred like top 100 films of American films of all time, that this is the best representation of a silent film. Definitely the most interesting representation of a silent film because I'm thinking back to Intolerance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based upon some of the other ones we've watched. Mm-hmm. Based on the ones on the list, yes. So it's like, but now, but do you think in general this is the best representation of a silent film? But here's film? the thing: these are the only silent films I've ever seen, besides True. the artist. Right, and this list was obviously released before the artist. I'm curious to know whether or not the artist will be Don't, on no. this list Mm-mm. because of it being. It doesn't matter outside of it to... winning the Oscar that mm-hmm. year. Well, that was the last time you thought about that movie. I know. Like, I have it, but I haven't watched it since we saw exactly. it in theaters. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters either. Yeah. It's, we had a discussion with our friend Dan about this. It's a gimmick. It's it's just... The Oscar is not... Okay, this is a good good discussion point right here, because we're so far into the list. Yes. And, I'm, and we're prepping to do the next list, which, unless we've mentioned it already, I'm going to mention it right now, we're going to probably, probably tackle the best picture list mm-hmm. next. It'll be, probably be Colin and I yep. is the planet right now. Granted, we have a while. We'll probably take a little bit of a hiatus and then come back with a new list. Mostly because we're going to have to work really hard to find some of the earlier movies. But having looked through the list recently of the Best Picture winners, Mm -hmm. if you look at what won compared to what was nominated, the majority of the films on this list, which are considered to be the 100 most important American movies that exist... Mm -hmm. Not many of them won Best Picture. No. They were all nominated and won out to things that no one has heard of since, right. has thought about since. Case in point, How Green Was My Valley mm-hmm. beat out High Noon. High Noon only lost because of like communism and all that nonsense. Right. It's a Wonderful Life is a holiday staple. Did not win Best Picture. No. Was nominated. Um... Best Years of Our Lives still holds up. I, I go with that one I'm okay with. But if you look at the majority of the list... right. 
And we're also not saying that the ones that the ones that are on this list that did win Best Picture should have won Best Picture no, or, but or on it because more, they did. But there is more of a correlation between it being nominated and not winning and still and being included as the most important picture. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's movies that we never think of again. Because obviously this can list you name, is, is not the Best Pictures. It's all Best Picture winners. Can you name the Best Picture winner from 1996? Not 1996, 2006. What won Best Picture in 2006? Is that Argo? Mm-mm. No, Argo, Argo would have been 2011. Yeah, I think. Argo was later. God, 2006. I have no I'm just, clue. I picked an arbitrary year. Yeah, and I have no idea what actually would have been the winner for that year. But which, which, but do you, which un- proves you see the point. my point? Exactly. That's the point. We remember these movies. If we've never seen them, we've at least heard of most mm-hmm. of them. Shane, which I didn't even like, is nominated for Best Picture, didn't win. It's still on the exactly. list. Exactly. Like this, it, it, it goes to show that just because a film is, uh, wins Best Picture, does not mean it's it doesn't mean it it does not mean it makes it a long lasting great crash film. one in 2006 oh that one for yep. that was the best picture winner mm-hmm. slumdog um, millionaire i think does still hold yeah king's speech does the departed um the departed one best picture yep wow i do not remember that winning best picture i think picture. it's martin scorsese's first best picture Oh, you know what? Now I remember that because people were complaining. That was like the start of the whole Scorsese complaint that he didn't win Best Director because his movies win Best Pictures, but he doesn't win a Best Director. And I think that was kind of that's a- his only movie that's won Best Picture. Okay, Please they're going nominated. Back to 19- they are nominated but for Best Picture, win. but they don't yeah. win. That's what. Oh, that's also what. That's the other thing. Wolf Wall of. Street. Right. Exactly. Goodfellas. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking of. Like, those were all Best Picture nominees, but not winners. And then there's some movies that did win Best Picture that should be on this list that aren't. Yeah. Rain Man. Yeah. Driving Miss Daisy. So it's it's very much so that, like, this list... And then there's a lot of them that aren't American, hence why they weren't allowed to be on the list. The English Patient. Right. And that's the thing, is that it's... Amadeus isn't an American movie. It, it's it, a British movie. It, Gandhi. It, it goes back to that whole concept of, like, okay, well, look, like the list is all about, like, culturally significant movies to American film. So it's it but doesn't like, mean that it has to be that best picture. Here's movies we still think about that one best picture that could potentially be on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Gladiator. Yeah. Shakespeare in Love. Here's an example of a movie that no one remembers that is on the best picture, one best picture, Chicago. Oh, God, that one best picture. Mm-hmm. I think it's won twice for best picture. I think the remakes also, I think the original one at least was nominated. Wow. I didn't even think about that. But again, the artist, you know, movies that I, I can't count like Argo and 12 Years a Slave because it was just recently. Right. Recently like, enough to remember. And you have to argue. You know, like, and what we're what we're also arguing here is the fact that it's but like it's these movies win Best Picture. I completely lost my train of thought. OK, but if we look from 1979 to 19, I'll even. OK, with the exception of The Sting from 1972 onward. Mm-hmm. OK. 1970. We'll look at just the 70s as a decade and okay. w- how they're on the list compared to what they are, were for, like, best picture compared to the list. Midnight Cowboy, best picture on the list. French mean. Connection, best picture on the list. Yep. Godfather, best picture on the list. Part two, best picture on the list. Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, Annie Hall, Deer Hunter. So every movie that 1970 won... to 1979, there are two pictures that did not make it to the list that were best picture winners. And those are The Sting and Patton. And I think Patton's not on here because I think it's not American. Technically, it's like one of those that's technically not an American film or 
Nah. Well, so, but like, like, so like, what, what, and that's what, a great movie, what, by the way. What we've discussed is that a lot of the times, not all, I want to preface this by stating not all the time, but a lot of the times the best picture winners are movies that are, that have a, have a, a thing. They're just like a, it's a, it's a, it's a gimmick. No, we're going to say that. It's, it's a, a gimmick. gimmick. That a lot of times these movies that win best pictures, yeah, they were good movies, but should they have won it? Well, not maybe necessarily because, but why did they win it? Well, it's because like, I liked the artist. I, I personally enjoyed the artist. I, I thought was, it was dragged great. against my will to the artist. And also the truth and is. And I didn't like it that much. And here's the other thing, though. At the time, you also weren't a big fan of silent films and black and white movies. And that was an homage to still that a, genre. But now I am a fan of black and white silent films. And I still don't think it's that great of a right, movie. Right. But I mean, like. Again, it's a gimmick. It's a, But that's the thing. Is that at the time, a, a big thing is that, well, why did it win Best Picture? Well, it's because it was able to fully emulate old school Hollywood mm-hmm. in their filmmaking and nail it to a T. You did a really great job at recreating the old school black and white silent films. Yes, it did. But again, is that one of, is this one of those things where I get all butt hurt because mm-hmm. story again, nothing we haven't seen before no, because it, it and wasn't again, it's old a gimmicky technology based thing. Yep. They relied too heavily on the fact that, oh, well, nobody's seen this, so that's cool, right? Yeah, everybody's cool. Like, this mm-hmm. is a movie that, no, we haven't seen a black and white silent film in a, in a, in a, in a budget, or in, a, in actual theaters in ages like this, with a budget behind it, and oh, there's, you know, all these actors are behind it, and Hollywood was behind it, and oh, okay, that's cool. Well, best picture, why? Well, because we haven't seen it in, in 90 years. Well, but is that a reason? Not really, but no, no, but, you know, best picture it. And I'm sure that's going to, you know, I'm sure people will disagree. Also, I'm sure people will watch that movie and go, this is an amazing film. It completely deserves it. If you skip the artist and look at the last several, if you look at, okay, skip the artist, King's Speech, mm-hmm. Argo, and 12 Years a Slave, all historically based historically films. Historically based films, yeah. And that's Granted, Argo was kind of not completely true. Yeah. Some of that was true, but like, yeah, a lot of, a little bit was manufactured, but like, it's all historically right. It's, it's related things. It's based upon historical events, and it, it's it is it's tough because. And I know we've discussed the Oscars before. Same with the Best, Hurt Locker, the awards and which stuff is like that. Newer, but it's it's hard to like this. You could spend. I mean, honestly, we could spend like two hours just going into the Oscars in general. Because I'm gonna say one more thing. If Birdman wins Best Picture, mm-hmm. it'll be because it was because it's of the new gimmick. and different. It's mm-hmm. gimmicky. And granted, I really liked that movie. I, lo- I, I really enjoyed it, too. Also, if Boyhood wins, oh, it's yeah. something no one's done and seen before. Oh. It's still still technically gimmicky. I haven't seen it yet. It's I'll, still technically gimmicky. I'll tell you right now, Boyhood's going to win. I will tell you it this right now. It might be an upset. You don't know. Because I really I feel like... I, I, have, I have not seen it, and I am strictly going off of that I've seen almost all theory. the best pictures this year. I haven't seen Selma, American Sniper, The Theory of Everything, and Boyhood. I've seen the other four. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you, Boyhood will probably win, and I'm fine with that. I don't. I like. I don't think Richard Linklater doesn't deserve to win. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting undertaking, and mm-hmm. I will watch the movie. I will be upset that Birdman doesn't win just because I think Birdman was very creatively done. Mm-hmm. Rather, whether yes, it is gimmicky, but again, there was story there. Right. There's also really interesting cinematography because the whole thing is apparently done in one long take. Right. 
Grand, I highly doubt they it's did not. that all in one take. It's but not. the way they edited it together to make it look like a continuous shot mm-hmm. is very interesting. If it wins Best Cinematography, is it's even nominated? Which yes. It, it, okay. I haven't. A, I have not heard the Happy Super Happy Fun Time episode mm-hmm. yet, so I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty but. positive we both chose that because okay. that was a that was one of those like, well, duh. It yeah. It will win Best message? Cinematography. Okay. Just because it's like, well, obviously it's going to because the movie is done in that way where it relies on the cinematography. Even if it's not a one long shot, it's designed to look like one long shot. But there's moments in that movie where it just stops and it just pauses and the camera just lingers Mm -hmm. to let things play out that it normal, you know, to help the passage of time, like stuff that they're willing to do that. It's just a cool movie. It's a cool movie. But yeah, I will agree that if it wins, it will more than like, and again, coming from two people who enjoyed the movie, I enjoyed it. It's not a best picture film. No, I saw the imitation game finally after mm-hmm. wanting to have seen it for the last almost two months. And the only reason it's here in town is because it's a best picture nominee, and yeah. that's what happens in Janesville. We don't get things until they're best pictures, yep. but or nominees at least. I liked it, but again, no, it's not a best picture it's not a best winner. Picture. It's again, they could have done more, and we're not going to get into. A critical explanation of um, that movie, but it could. There are things that could have been done better. But again, it's like it's the King's Speech. It's it is it's, a, historically it's a historically based film. It's it's the King's Speech. It's Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. It's our. It's I think the time of historically based films has passed for now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gone forever. No, because I think it comes in waves. Yeah, because like Patton has a historical based movie. Um, but yeah, just in general. I think it comes in waves. And we're not saying that these stories should not be told. I mean, it's cool that they're no, telling and the story I like about it. Movies. Yeah. I really like movies. We'll always love movies. I got goosebumpy and teary and stuff and some stupid and the Oscar goes to special we watched on TMC yesterday. <laughs> Cause I'm cool like that. But yeah, cool there, I have a love hate relationship with Hollywood, the way films are marketed and shown and voted for and awarded. Yep. And I have a general love hate relationship with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Just, as a whole, because there's a I lot of I appreciate what they do and what they give us, but the way that they award people for is mm-hmm. not right. Nope. And could be done a lot differently. We're not going to get into better. Like, I mean, there's the whole race thing. There's, we're just not going to touch this right now. Not in this episode. No. Um, I feel like it's going to have to be something that will be addressed, mm-hmm. especially for you guys. If you end up, oh, yeah. you know, when, when time comes that you start up the best pictures, mm-hmm. You're going to be talking about these movies that were winners for Best Picture, and I, I can already sense a recurring theme. This movie should not have won Best Picture because of these same no, reasons. And I'm like, not I feel like go, that might happen. I think I'm not going to try and go into it with, like, this is why it shouldn't have won. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at reasons why. It's like, why is this? Why, why are these on the one, list? Why, yeah, why, why are these win? on the list? Now, this shouldn't be on the list. The only right. movie I feel... That shouldn't be on the list, and I'm going to surprise you with the answer because it's not Sophie's choice. Because mm-hmm. I hated it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it doesn't deserve to be on the list. A Clockwork Orange. On this one? We're kind of jumping the gun for our recap episode of the end of this show. I know, but I'm just saying. I'll, I'm not going to go into why, but that's my pick for not being on this list. In, including a couple others, but... So that'll be something that we should We'll do our top five shouldn't be on this list. And, and as long as we have reasons why. Uh-huh. Justification behind it. Uh-huh. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, that'll be that'll be preview. Clockwork Orange is not an American movie. Yeah, but you could also argue Kubrick was American, but not an American movie. What was the other one that was technically not an American movie? There's another one that's on this list that was like, I remember because I remember pointing it out. Uh, this is an, I'll, I'll have to look it up. I gotta look it up. I don't remember what it is. There's another one on this. Oh, you could argue Lord of the Rings. 
Peter Jackson's not American. That movie did not film in America. Stars Amer- a lot of American people. It stars a lot of American people. Clockwork Orange, who's American in that movie. Exactly. And like Lord of the Rings, though, the only thing that I can see is because it was backed by an American production company. You could also argue, well, Schindler's List is... Yeah, backed really by Spielberg. an American production company. Yeah, Spielberg is American. And so at least then it's like, okay, yes. But like Lord of the Rings is not... It's like, it's not even based upon a book written by an American author. True. Like... It's totally not American, and it's still. And on the I list. feel Lord of the. And I can argue why Lord of the Rings is on the list, oh. even though it's not an American movie, because I cannot think of an American counterpart to why it's on the list. Oh yeah, that's the, and that's exactly that's the reason why it has it's to do on the with list. the adaptation of a book yes. into a film yep. that was successful yep. and well received, and, and the technology that went into making that movie. And that movie is the modern day Star Wars. To a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. You have, you're going to have a new generation of filmmakers who are going to be coming up going, I saw Lord of the Rings in theaters. This is funny because I had this conversation. I was going to say, you hung out with Andrew. Yes. Going, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Our, 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 yeah. Because um, this is the exact conversation that he brought up the good point and I will reiterate his point because that is a very true point. Lord of the Rings is the modern day Star Wars franchise for new upcoming filmmakers, writers, directors, producers, actors, because they're going to be like, I saw that movie in high school or I saw that movie in school or I saw that movie when I was little and then movie was amazing it changed my life the way that it did this and i want to be a filmmaker that this movie did change my life and i will not because i want to be a filmmaker but that movie changed my life and like that's the reason that 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 yes that right there is the reason why this that movie is on this list because that is a it is definitely a culturally significant movie that had been produced because it has kind of changed the way some filmmaking is done and it also introduced you know it, it inspired so much of the world with its production. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so that's not coming see, from I like... I love Lord of the Rings. See, so this is not I'm coming from a I'm currently looking through Target to see if I can buy the second Hobbit movie for cheap right now. <laughs> so like, this is not coming from like a diehard person. The first one's person. not my favorite. I like the second one better. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, so this is coming not coming from a person who's like, oh my god, Lord of the Rings is forever. Like, it's my life. Like, it's not that. Hey, Lord of the Rings forever! <laughs> OMGs! L forever! Um, but it's, it's no, it's not that. It's I just, had a Lord of the Rings birthday fan. party when I turned 17. You had? 16. Cardboard cutouts. I was 16. Mm-hmm. I did. I had an elf birthday party when I was 16. <sighs> so, anywho, City Lights. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, City Lights. <laughs> um... Damn it! Yeah, so I mean that's it. Should have bought Desolation of Smog last week. It was ten dollars. Now it's twenty two. I go. hate everything. Life is over. Life is hard. Um. Well, so I guess yeah. That's kind of that. That kind of wraps up the the general movie. The city lies. I'm 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 sad. It's bittersweet for me because it's like I love Chaplin so much, and we watched so many of his movies, and I'm still upset that the Great about, Dictator's not on this list. But whatever. Think about how great it is that I now love Chaplin because I am of this list. So ecstatic that you enjoy Chaplin because of this list because I would have. I my my original plan was like when we first watched the when we watched the first one which was what the gold rush right yeah when we watched that one I'm like by the which time which I then voluntarily watched on TV later see uh, my thought was like okay by the time my my goal over the next you know however many episodes it was gonna take would be that or every after the next movies was if you did not like them I was going to try to convince you why you should. You didn't need to. Subtly. But that was the thing. And, like, I obviously, I didn't need to. But, like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to slowly try to convince you why Chaplin's a good filmmaker or why those movies are entertaining. I wasn't going to try to convince you to love them. Right. But just at least, like, under, yeah, okay, yeah, I totally get why this movie is why it is, basically. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, I didn't have to. Nope. Because Chaplin did. Yep. I love you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie Chaplin. Indeed, sir. Much obliged, Charles, sir. You've been gone now for so long. It's sad. Um... 
So yeah, I guess with that, uh, um, we've already kind of discussed what next week's episode is. Mm-hmm. We're going to do The Wizard of Oz next week, and it will not be late. There is, it will be on time. There is one surviving For munchkin. At least the next six weeks, these movies will be on time. I know. We got, Give or take. We're so close to being done. We have to Unless just... I randomly have to move to a new city sometime in the next couple of months. Which is kind of why I feel like we should just bank the remaining episodes. <laughs> and just be done with it. So I mean, no, I won't have to. I won't move until the summer if well, I have to. But yeah, yeah. don't ever say never. I know James it won't Bond. be till May. Um, never say never again. No. It's not technically in the franchise. No, it's not. It's not in my God. box set. Doesn't count. <laughs> that movie's horrible. Anyways, uh, he throws pee at somebody. At oh one God, point in that I don't want to talk about that. Movie. Uh, that's how weird that movie gets. Anyway, so anyways, Wizard of Oz next week. Yep, Wizard of Oz this next week. We will discuss the one surviving Munchkin. Yep. And which one he is? We'll discuss why I don't like it. As we need to discuss why, this. Okay, let's... I don't dislike it. We'll talk about why I'm not a fan. Why I don't seek this movie. I watch it when it's on TV yeah. when someone else turns it on. Have you ever seen Return to Oz? Yes, I have. Do you like that one better? No, I don't. Okay. That was closer to the books. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I own The Wizard of Oz as a book. I've never read it. Actually, I think it's my sister's. But I, d- she has my copy of Neil Gaiman's American Gods and hasn't given it back to me in six months, Jessica Ann. I enjoy that you are using the podcast. She won't listen to this for a while. <laughs> to, to use it to your own family gain. <laughs> it's okay, because I was at the bookstore with Karen the other day, and I found out there's an author's preferred text of the book, and I'm just going to buy that one to replace it. Ah. It's getting made into a TV show. Which one? American Gods. Ah. It's either HBO or Netflix. They're making a live-action Zelda yeah, I TV saw that. series I for saw Netflix. That. I'm excited. And, guys, so, Better Call Saul starts tonight. This episode will go up tonight, Yeah, I by figured. the way. So we're so, only a little bit late. We're only a day behind. Day and a half. Didn't we used to release them on Sundays anyway? Um, Or has I, it always been... It was off and on at the start for a little bit okay. there, but I, I tried pushing it to Saturday because we were also doing other podcasts. Like, that's Super Fun Time got released on Mondays, and as I was trying to As long as we release them. it in the weekend, we're good. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, okay. All right, kiddos. Well, next week, Wizard of Oz, number ten. Number ten. Number, f- we've hit the top ten. We've hit the final countdown. Do, 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 do. I just did that. Do, 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 do. I'm slightly sad, do, 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 but I also have no regrets. Good night, Radio Rahim. Say good night, CK Dexter. Hey, Ben. You've been saying good night to Radio Rahim since Pulp Fiction. That's nuts. Which is one or two episodes after. after. Because we it went, do the right thing, then the best picture show. Mm-hmm. Which I need to give another chance, because God, we really hated that movie the yeah, first time. Yeah, we did. And then, <laughs> and I said I'll never, re- one of us said we'll never rewatch it. And it was probably me, because I just did not but care for I that But I now want to rewatch it. Um, And then, yeah, you start saying goodnight to Radio Rahim in Pulp Fiction. But you call him Radio Rakim. Rakim? Yeah, a couple of times you say it wrong. It is Rahim, right? Yeah, it's Rahim. No, yeah, I think you Radio say... Radio Rahim? Yeah, you say Radio Rahim or something a couple of times. And I correct... Has the last two years been a lie? No, it's Rahim. Have I been mispronouncing his name? It's Radio Rahim. Why didn't anyone also, tell me? <laughs> I'm listening to the French Connection episode and yelling at myself because I keep saying Roy Schneider and not Roy Scheiter. <laughs> and it makes me crazy now that I did that. So formal apology for doing that. 80 episodes ago or whatever Lizzie, I'm was. pretty sure that if the people are still listening, they've, they've forgiven, me? forgiven both of us. <laughs> First, they don't care uh, anymore. Fair enough. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
Jeff's dying laughing <laughs> at nothing. me right now. Goodbye. I got nothing. Never get off the boat. Never get off the boat. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>